0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. AdamAndEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one stop shop for everything sexy. Now, you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item, something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Hi, I'm Holly Randall. And welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say, I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the beautiful Emma Hicks, who is wearing Emma Hicks on her sweatshirt. Yeah. That is your new merch, isn't it?
1: It is my new merch. I wanted to come wearing my merch and repping it.
0: So if you guys are watching this on my YouTube channel or on Adult Timer, wherever I actually stream the video version of this you can see it. So can you describe to our audience what what we're looking at?
1: Yeah, you know it's actually gotten a few funny looks because people think that this is like a little penis. Like I'm not even joking. That is like, a
0: very strangely shaped penis. Yeah, and but some... I get a
1: few looks and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but what it is is it's a maple syrup uh, bottle that's being poured into my mouth because I'm Canadian yes. and you know how much I love maple syrup. So yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: That makes, yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't look like
0: a penis to me. I mean, obviously it has a phallic reference. Yeah. And obviously with like the syrup, you know, we're supposed to think of something else.
1: Well, exactly. Um,
0: But it's really cool. Who, so that's like an artist rendition, right?
1: Yeah. I actually found this guy on Instagram um, oh, wow, to design it for me. Yeah. Well, it's like already a picture that's like a real picture of me. Yeah. I was like, can you just make it kind of like a cartoon mm-hmm. kind of thing? And it's kind of funny too, because I have a bumper sticker on the back of my car that says spitters don't or spitters or quitters. And so when people drive by me, they will like, cause I have a really high seat on my, if they see this, they're like, Oh my God, she's such a hoe. <laughs> it looks so sexual.
0: I love it. There's actually something about taking an actual photo and making it into an illustration that for some reason, I don't know what it is. It may, maybe like the fact that it's less realistic makes it easier to market to people. That's true. I've actually thought about taking my logo For this podcast, which has a picture of me, which Mm is granted is a sexy picture of me and Mm -hmm. may as well be an illustration. It is so photoshopped, but (laughs) I feel that it's it's a little much like I wouldn't want to wear that on my shirt. Also, I wouldn't want to wear a picture of myself on my shirt. That'd be weird. But there's something about if I made that an illustration, I feel like it would be. I don't know, more palatable.
1: That's what I did with this one. I had like the real picture of it. I printed yeah. it on a shirt and I was like, I want to see what it looks like. And I was like, this just feels weird. right? Like, like this is me. Like this, it just seemed weird. So I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to get someone to make like an illustration of it. Yeah.
0: I think that was really clever. So what kind of merchandise are you, are you making?
1: Um, just sweaters, t-shirts, uh, phone cases. And there's like, I, this blue is like, I have like a whole bunch of different colors. There's like pink, yellow. Okay. Yeah. So
0: is it all the same picture with a different color circle behind it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people buy this merch?
1: Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Emma Hicks. So
0: okay. Check it out. We're gonna have to make sure that we put that yeah, like in the long. show notes or something like that. Do you, if if people go to your Twitter, is it like pinned to your page or anything mm-hmm. like that? Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. So if people go to your Twitter, Emma Hicks official. Yeah. They can find it. Yes. Which, by the way, I had a hard time finding because are you shadow banned? I'm shadow banned just like
1: everyone else. It fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, I know. Such a bummer.
1: Yeah, you kind of got to search for me and got to dig in there really deep. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So this is actually my first podcast since the new year. This will come out a couple weeks after the new year, but it's my first one that I'm actually recording after the new year. So, I get to ask you how your holidays were.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. I went to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really drunk for the entire time, which I <laughs> needed. It. I needed, like, such a good break away yeah. from LA. Yeah, And then uh, the new year, I came back, and I spent it with my fur babies. I was just at home. Aww. Yeah, it was fun.
0: Yeah, so you didn't go out on New Year's Eve? No, I'm not much of a partier. Yeah.
1: I like to—I mean, when I go home, I get drunk with my family, but— New Year's, I was like, let's just stay in and Mm -hmm. like, yeah.
0: I did the same. I actually went up to, so I spent Christmas with my family and then I spent New Year's with my family as well. And I, New Year's, we went to bed at like 1130. Yeah. You know, we just hung out and it was really nice. My parents have started... Well, they used to smoke a lot of pot, and they stopped. And then my dad has started smoking pot again because he's actually found the perfect strain that's a com. It's like more CBD than THC, yeah. And he has Parkinson's, so
1: oh, so yeah,
0: it's helpful for him. But before he didn't like to smoke it because it just made him like too paranoid, and like the weed was just too strong. You know, my parents are used to kind of like. Shitty weed that they used yeah. to be. I mean, I don't know if you remember but before it was legal, it was hard to get good weed. Like, not it really Canada, was. Okay. Yeah. But here in like, you never knew what you were getting. So he's found a strain that, um, you know, isn't too strong and that he likes. So my parents just like got high and then I made them nice. watch Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <gasps> I
1: watched that with August. I have to tell you about that story. But yeah, really? I watched that movie with August, yeah.
0: Oh, well, uh, cause my story's over because they fell asleep after 15 minutes. So I have I have no Tropic Thunder story. So what's yours? Oh,
1: how did they fall asleep after 15 minutes? They I'm were high
0: and they're old.
1: <laughs> oh, it's such a funny movie. No, I watched it. I think I watched it a, uh, thanks, a day after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. of 2017. Mm -hmm. with august and i remember um this is unfilled i can say whatever you can say whatever okay we did acid and Mm -hmm. um we had a lot of fun and i remember we were both we were both seeing like blue and purple and like the entire show we were just like oh my god that's so cool (laughs) so every time someone brings up tropic thunder yeah i fucking love that movie
0: i used to do a lot of acid when i was a kid and um listen to a lot of grateful dead yeah so every time i hear grateful dead i think about my acid trips which isn't that's strange. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> listen to Grateful Dead did acid. So I feel like we all share the same experience. It's true. Yeah. So you were August's best friend, right? Yeah. You I mean, to... she had
1: a lot of really good friends, but she was my best friend. Yeah. she was, Right. Yeah.
0: And you saw her, you were the last person to see her the night before she died. Is that true? Yeah.
1: December 3rd.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And I remember it as a good time though, like she came yeah. over and, um, she loved my cat, Kevin. She mm-hmm. loved him. She kept trying to take a photo with him and Kevin was just like, nope, like I don't, he's a very, like an unfriendly cat. Um. Why did you name him Kevin? Did you name him Kevin before you knew me? And my August and knew her husband was Kevin. No, I named him Kevin back when I lived in Canada. So then, when I told her my cat's name was Kevin, she's like, "Oh my God, my husband's name is Kevin!" That's crazy. So that's I think that's why she loved him so much. She yeah, was yeah, so yeah. Cool. So ironic. Yeah, but we um, remember we got drunk that night. We don't. We didn't always do drugs and like get mm-hmm. drunk, but we just had like a few glasses of wine. Yeah. And um I remember we were dancing around the house like watching Disney movies and yeah it was it was a normal night you know Yeah So it, the next day really surprised me
0: Yeah like, I can imagine Yeah How I mean, I, I know that I was completely floored when I found the news. I actually didn't believe it. I was pretty sure somebody was playing a joke on me. Yeah. Um, I obviously didn't know August as well as you did. But, you know, I worked with her a lot. And she was one of my favorite girls. Yeah. And she always seemed so happy. And I actually missed that whole um, dialogue that happened on Twitter with, the, you know, that whole blow up that people – Blame as being responsible for her suicides. I actually didn't even see any of that. I remember seeing it sort of in passing as I was scrolling through Twitter. I think I saw her say something where she was defending herself, but I just thought to myself, "Of oh, you know, here's." I, I see porn stars defending themselves for what they say and what they think and what they do all the time. Well, it's always like a
1: come-and-go-passing thing, you know? Yeah,
0: and there's always trolls who are, yeah. like, telling you you're a horrible person or whatever. So I didn't pay it any attention. So when I found out, then I went back, and then I was like, oh, my God, it was yeah. this whole thing. So, did you know that that was happening at the time?
1: A little bit. But, like, at the time, I wasn't really using Twitter that much. Mm-hmm. And so, she was saying, oh, you know, people are, like, p- just being, you know, shitty on there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't really pay much. She didn't – she kind of brushed it off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you can tell it was – something was bothering her. But she was like, eh, people are just being shitty people. Yeah. Um. Uh, but no, I didn't really know it was going on to that like extent. But then after, same with you afterwards, I started looking at it and I was like, wow, I wish like I said something or like I wish, yeah. but I do remember texting her the night before on the, f- or no, 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 on the fourth saying, um, man, I just want to tell all these like bitches to sit down. That's exactly what I said. Cause mm-hmm. like, I just didn't really know what was going on. I just knew mm-hmm. it, was her- it was bothering her. Um, but yeah, I had no idea it was to that extent. And then what was her response to that? She didn't answer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah, I just thought, oh, you know, like you said, yeah. people fight on Twitter. And All it's, the time. It's a come and go thing. Yeah.
0: Do you, uh, I mean, ultimately, do you have, because I still feel, and after listening to The Last Days of August, which I know you were interviewed for, and I don't know if you actually know this, but they were nominated, they were named one of the top 10 podcasts of the year by like Time and I think... Culture or one other like really high, um, high end journalism yeah. website. Um, so they got a lot of attention. Um, naming them as like it's one of the best podcast releases of the year. So do you? Because I still feel like I don't know why she did it. Like I didn't. I didn't come away from that podcast with any answers. Yeah. I felt like it didn't. It didn't clarify anything for me. How do How do you feel?
1: Honestly, I didn't even listen to it. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to still kind of heal from what happened. And right. I feel like it's kind of just like, you know, opening a new, like opening the, a wound. Yeah. And I don't really want to f- get back into that depression of how I, f- you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it bothers me too because I'm like, it's two years later and I'm like that. No one would have remembered what happened because like things happen all the time in this mm-hmm. industry, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, really. I feel like I have no answers either. Yeah, and it really sucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because with something like that, you want you want an answer. Yeah, it's like you want to know why. Like, why did that happen? But I feel like none of us are ever really going to have that answer.
1: Well, exactly. And I know that she told me like, um, I think like a month before, she's like, "Oh yeah, I tried to commit suicide," and but she laughed it off. Like mm-hmm. she was like, "I tried doing using aerosol cans or something to like." Um, I don't know. She was how she was explaining it, and I was just. But she was like, "Ha ha!" But it didn't work. I'm still here. Like God hates me. You know. She was kind of like laughing it off like mm-hmm. that. And so I just thought, oh, like, yeah. She's just brushing it off. She's she's fine. I didn't yeah. think of it in a bad way.
0: I think a lot of people who, you know, see people that. It's so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and yeah. it's so hard in the moment to recognize that somebody might be in danger of doing something like that because it seems so inconceivable to us. Well, yeah. Because obviously she fought with depression. I mean, she talked about it on this podcast, which surprised me. Uh, I didn't know that she dealt with all of that depression, but... It seemed to me like it was something that she was dealing with and that she was coming out on top because people deal with depression all the time. Yeah. This is not an unusual thing.
1: She 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 buried it, but she also mm-hmm. like laughs it off. She she, yeah. she had to make it a uh, something you could laugh about. You yeah. know, if you read her tweets, her past tweets, it was like she would say something that's kind of like a cry for help, but just laugh it off. And yeah. no one really took it seriously because it was just funny old Aug like, you know what it's a funny August. Yeah.
0: It's it a, a yeah. Prime example of people who use comedy to mask their pain, which yeah. is what a lot of comedians do, actually. Yeah. A lot of comedians are really miserable.
1: I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, they love comedy No, they're, they're, they're
0: often... I mean, there's a lot of cases of comedians who commit suicide as wow. well. It's not that uncommon. Wow. So, um, you know, or have serious drug problems. But comedy is, is something that a lot of people use to deal with pain. I think we all do that to a certain yeah. extent. You know? Yeah. So. But
1: yeah, I just wish that we caught the, the signs before. But you, know. you just never know until it's too late. Yeah. But yeah, I miss her a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. know.
0: I I can I miss her too. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that you feel like is maybe like a tiny glint of a silver lining from this? Do you feel that maybe we learned something
1: from her death? I, wanna, I want to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still see people fighting on Twitter and Mm -hmm. trolling each other on there. And, um, I just feel like it was a really shitty thing. I can't explain. I can't, you know?
0: Yeah. I, maybe I, it's just my tendency to always try to look for something positive, but, I feel that since then, people have been more open and receptive to, and obviously not everybody. You're always going to have trolls. People are always going to be unkind. People are always going to be hateful. That's just the world. Mm -hmm. Like That's never going to change. But I do feel like I've seen other performers kind of step up when they see a girl who's struggling or a cry for help. I know that I've had girls reach out to me and say, hey, so-and-so is struggling. Can you contact them? I know that Pineapple support, yeah, that's you, good. Yeah. you know, which is a resource for mental health and awareness in our industry. I feel like has kind of risen up out of the ashes of August's death, and obviously there was there was other people who, you know, encountered. Um, there was other deaths at the, in the same year. It was a terrible year. It was,
1: yeah, that was a terrible month, though. Yeah, like, but no, a lot of good has come out of it, and I don't want to say like you know, yeah. but definitely a lot of performers are saying how they feel, and I remember it was like. The whole year people would say, hey, I have like this mental illness and like Mm -hmm. I have – and they were – they felt okay to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. that's something that was really – that was good, that came out of it. But, I mean, no one should have to die for people to –
0: No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that any amount of social awareness um, can ever make up for, you know, the loss of her. Yeah. So –
1: But I am happy though that that people are speaking up and asking for help instead of just – Dealing with it and covering it. And, yeah,
0: because yeah. that's that's the hardest thing. And there's a stigma um, around mental health in our industry and in the world in general. And I feel like we're only now just starting to talk about it and starting to accept it. Because before you would, you know, so often ridicule people who had mental problems. It's such an easy thing to do to kind of brush people off and be like, oh, they're crazy. They're
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah. they need to go to an asylum or something. It's yeah. like, no, like actually a lot of people have mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I don't think, it is normal now to to talk about it, yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's normal to talk about it, and I think, um, but I do think there's a severe lack of resources mm-hmm. for it in this country, and you know, a lot of times, and it's just one of those interesting things that can be a combination of so many different things. It's not always like a childhood trauma or you know, growing up in a, a emotionally distant family or or whatever the case may be, but a lot of times it's just brain chemistry. You think, yeah. Absolutely. That's why.
1: Like a chemical imbalance or something? That's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, like
0: a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that's why um, certain medications work really, really well for some people. Yeah. And But not for everybody. And I think it's just one of those things that, you know, you spend a lifetime untangling.
1: That's true. And I'm not a
0: psychiatrist, so I don't know for sure. Sh- you know, I can't sit here and say, like, this is what mental illness yeah. is. <laughs> no, I'm smiling a little bit <laughs> because
1: I just I realized um, we're talking about, like, chemical imbalances. And I'm yes. like, I've missed, like, four antidepressants in the last, like, Week, so I'm like, ah, I gotta get on that. <laughs> so you <laughs> but, understand. Oh yeah, I understand for sure. I understand mental illness and depression and Do you feel like those antidepressants help you? Oh for sure. But yeah. I just went to Canada and I didn't bring my mm, prescription. Yeah. So, you know, like I know that I'm a little off, but I know I'm gonna bounce back up. That's right. how it goes because I've missed them before. It's kinda like missing birth control. Your body is just off a little bit. Yes. So it goes back to normal. Yeah. But um yeah, I've dealt with depression since I was maybe 14, and um, I'm diagnosed bipolar, Um, borderline personality disorder. That's a tongue twister for me. Yeah.
0: Um, What exactly does that mean, borderline borderline personality disorder? I've heard that used a lot, and I feel like I've never fully grasped what it means. Honestly,
1: I'm still learning. Um, (laughs) It's like I have... Mad mood swings. Okay. Um that I'm learning to control, but I'm like honestly. And that's different than being bipolar? I don't know what the difference Or does like a bipolar
0: disorder lead to a borderline personality disorder. Like is the personality disorder a result of being bipolar?
1: Honestly, I'm not sure, but I remember because I remember I was diagnosed when I was like fourteen. This all I like, came about when I was like a t- like turning into a teenager yeah. and going crazy. Um but borderline personality disorder like has a lot to do with like um like self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, I wish I could just bring it on my phone and like tell you because I'm, I'm have <laughs> no memory. But uh, we
0: are going to have a studio one day where we're going to have a, a screen, screen and Ernie's going to Google shit so that we can actually know what we're talking you, exactly. about, right? Ernie, we'll, like
1: list them off right. That here. That is going
0: to happen.
1: But yeah, no borderline personality. It's just it's just mood swings. But um, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I have a portable computer
0: right here. I'm gonna look it up. We're gonna we're gonna learn.
1: (laughs) We're gonna learn
0: something today.
1: But yeah, I've dealt with it since I was 14, and I'm learning to manage it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't really go on meds until I was maybe 17. Yeah. Yeah. Do they?
0: I wonder if it's not a good idea when you're developing. I don't think so.
1: My mom told me she didn't want me to. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah.
0: Because also, too, it could, as a, when you're going through adolescence, like those hormones are crazy. Well,
1: exactly. I I remember being,
0: yeah, I remember being severely depressed Mm -hmm. when I was like 13 or um, around that age mm-hmm. and like thinking that I wanted to commit suicide and like telling my parents that I should go see therapy. And then my parents were like, don't be ridiculous. Therapy is a stupid American thing. And I was well, like, exactly. Oh, never mind."
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had like the guts to say it back. You know what I mean? At least you, like, I didn't have the guts.
0: It. Yeah. But I certainly never brought it up again. And it wasn't until, yeah. you know, alcoholism brought me to my knees that I finally was like, okay, I might need some
1: help. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Um, Borderline personality disorder is characterized by an intense fear of abandonment, extreme bouts of anger and rapidly shifting moods. Um, And then it goes, uh, estimated that more than 14 million American adults experience it. See,
1: it's not that it's pretty common.
0: So it's complicated because it rarely stands alone. Um, People with borderline personality disorder often struggle with co occurring disorders, including substance abuse, understandable Mm -hmm. eating disorders, anxiety, bipolar disorder, um, and other personality disorders. So, yeah. So I think it seems to me that... And I don't know exactly what the difference between that and bipolar is. Yeah. And we won't go into, like, a whole medical yeah. research thing. <laughs> or the new thing. doctors. The yeah, new thing, yeah, exactly. If someone's a psychiatrist and they listen to this show and they want to tell us... um feel free to to let me know.
1: Join us next time. Join us next time.
0: <laughs> on Holly doesn't know shit about mental <laughs> health. <laughs>
1: I'm right there with you.
0: Oh my god. Okay, so let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about um let's talk about your situation with Jimmy Lifestyle.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: 100% not necessarily oh. more lighthearted. But I feel like we could I laugh at this up. a oh. little bit, right?
1: Mike Quasar said you guys talked didn't you talk about this on here? Oh yeah. He brings that up every time. I was on set with him like two days ago and he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, Jimmy Lifestyles on the Holly, Holly Randall podcast. I'm like thanks bud.
0: <laughs> well because, okay so for those of you who don't know um, do you want to tell the story? F- uh, do you want me to tell the story? You tell the story. Okay, I'll just do like a real quick recap. So Emma and um you and was it Emma Starletto? Mm-hmm. So two Emmas. That's fucking confusing. I know. Um, were on a shoot for Jimmy Lifestyles for what? VR bangers? Wank, wanks. VR. Wanks. Okay. Wanks VR. I, I don't know any of the VR companies. Um, and it was a St. Patrick's themed shoot. And I guess the concept was that Jimmy, who is playing a leprechaun, um, <laughs> And walking around on his knees with a terrible, what, was it Irish accent? Yeah, Irish. Yeah, right? Because leprechauns Scot- are Irish. Yeah. Yeah, not Scottish. Irish, nope. right? Irish. I think it's Irish. Irish. Okay. Um so, and he was supposed to have gifted the male performer with, um, these two golden girls at the end of the rainbow. So I think it was in the part where he was giving you to the male performer, the two of you, yeah. that he expressly told you that he was going to, cause with the thing with VR, you only shoot from one angle, mm-hmm. right? Because it's supposed to be like a POV mm-hmm. virtual reality thing, that he was going to, lift up your skirts and pretend like he was, like, licking your butt or kissing your butt or something like that. Yeah. But he wasn't actually going to do it. Yeah. And then he went ahead and actually licked your whole ass crack, right?
1: Yeah, my asshole. Yeah, he stuck
0: his tongue in Emma's asshole.
1: Yeah, and, um... Both Emmas, actually. Yeah, both Emmas. I think Emma's. she got it more, because I definitely cut it off. I was like, whoa there, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> slow down, there, buckaroo. And if
0: you watch the footage, you can kind of see you like move away, but it's trying to stay in character. Well,
1: because I did a... Okay, so I'm going to kind of explain why I stayed in character, because one time I did a scene, and um, I said, hey, you don't have to cut, but it looks like this guy has blah 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 on his dick and um they <laughs> didn't cut that out so it's all over Pornhub and um I, oh, I guess you're gonna look no. it up now so whatever I don't know. but um so they left it in so now after that whole like oh my god that editor should be fired he did get fired <sighs> I know. So after that, I'm like staying character. So when Jimmy licked my butt, because he's a director, you're not supposed to. If he's not on my call sheet, no one's going to be licking my butt except for the male talent. Wait and a minute, the female talent.
0: So I'm not supposed to lick people's butts. When <laughs>
1: Holly, you can lick my. Butt. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. He sent, he sent consent here. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he licked my butt, and um, it wasn't even the act that really got me upset. It was that like there was no. <sighs> He didn't apologize once, once I called him out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And
0: um, he probably wasn't expecting you to call him out.
1: Well, no. Because he,
0: he, no. Because I, from what I, from, so when you posted this on Twitter, there were so many girls who came out and said, oh my God, I've had similar experiences with this guy where he knowingly violated my boundaries. So clearly this guy is a history. Upon this bullshit
1: yeah like over 20 girls too. yeah so i'm like i'm not making this shit up and yeah. like i knew i wasn't in the wrong but the only reason like i really went to twitter to post about it and like make those videos and i knew like i was crying hysterically but i was so upset that he wasn't listening to me mm-hmm. or acknowledging how i felt so I was like fuck it i'm just gonna go to twitter where i'm gonna feel heard mm-hmm. and i definitely felt heard because yeah. everyone jumped in which yeah. was good yeah um, and how he's still working is he blows my mind yeah
0: for the same company
1: yeah blows my mind like it's
0: and i've heard from several people too that like all he does is sit around and just smoke weed like,
1: i got i went home after that set yeah and i was unpacking my bag and what did i find uh like a nug of weed on my shirt and i'm like he smokes so much weed that like he's a just dropping weed, he's just, it everywhere
0: yeah, like, what it's what like the a fuck? fucking trail of breadcrumbs.
1: exactly so yeah he just smokes weed and does nothing It's just,
0: I don't know if it's people like that who treat this job like it's a party and that feeds into what a lot of people's automatic assumption of what the adult industry is like, that we don't take our job seriously, that we sit around and we party all day and then we like fuck each other after the scene. And it kind of, it makes me kind of crazy. Well, you know, yeah. it's because like it's not like that. Yeah. At least it's not like that for me. And it's not like that for a lot of directors that I know.
1: Yeah, it's starting to. When I was newer, I felt a lot of like the newer, the companies who hire the new girls are mm-hmm. still kind of like that, mm-hmm. you know. But the more yeah. professional, like you and like the, you know, just more professional companies, they definitely take their job seriously yeah sticking their tongues up people's assholes
0: (laughs) i will say though that one of my favorite phrases of the year did come from that experience which was going full leprechaun on somebody
1: i've heard that so many times on set i'm like oh my god and it started this
0: it it (laughs) is and it basically means like essentially what like just I don't know. What exactly does it mean? It just means like violating someone's boundaries. Violating someone's boundaries. Yeah.
1: And it's not like I'm saying like, oh, he... It's... I get... T- okay. I get tongues up my ass all the time. It's my job. Okay. <laughs> right. It's just the fact that he said okay, I'm going to pretend. And like, I am not attracted to Jimmy at all. Like he's yeah. a director and like, I'm very professional with directors. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though I told you, you could say. <laughs> I know, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know that's a joke. You yeah, know yeah. that I would never do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, we can laugh about it. It
1: was just like the no consent thing. Yeah, you know? of course. That's the, that's what got me upset. Well,
0: I think it also speaks to a larger issue where people treat you guys like you're not real human beings. Yeah. You know, and that you don't deserve respect and that you're just sex objects. And because you do porn, you must want to be fondled and groped and fucked by everybody on this planet. And that it's not in any way some kind of professional career choice. And so people can treat you how they like and you have no voice and you have no say and you have no humanity.
1: Well, exactly. And
0: that's the frustrating thing.
1: Yeah. It just makes our industry look like shit, too. Yeah. I mean, like it's people like him. Yeah. Yeah going full leprechaun. <laughs> it's
0: not cool. <laughs> and, and also, too, and the only reason that this is something that, and, like, what makes this even worse or better, depending on how you look at it, was the fact that he was dressed like a leprechaun and, like, the whole scene is, like, a ridi- so ridiculous. So stupid. So it's just, like, this intense, like, serious boundary violation happens within the context of this, like, ridiculous scene yeah. kind of makes the whole thing, I don't know.
1: And I was super, super upset about it. Like, yeah. I was, like, Because it got to the point where I was just, it was, I felt like, oh, my God, like, directors aren't going to hire me anymore. And, like, there was a few sets where, like, I would get on set and they would, they used to joke with me. And then they were like, let's not joke with Emma, like Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So they would stop joking with me. Um, and that's over now. Thank God. Like, the, yeah. you know, but it was upsetting, but some good came out of it. I was number one searched in March for St. Patty's day on Hub, So <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo So <laughs> the scene was never released though. So p- people were still searching me on Pornhub, um, in March. Cause that's when St. Patty's day was, but, um, oh,
0: fuck. someone's got to like do a St. Patrick's day scene with you now, like a good one. And then like use that searchable traffic, like, well, exactly. cash it on that Yeah,
1: so I try to look at the good so there yeah. we go but yeah no I was super upset about it of course Um, now I look back and it's I don't want to say funny but it is funny but
0: you can laugh at it now but like with the understanding that it was a serious matter well, it
1: was because it was like what if something else happened and you know what a lot of girls did come out and say stories that happened with him and also different directors mm-hmm. so that's really good yeah that's really good
0: no I agree I think that your story along with Even, you know, August's story um, about, you know, the the boundary violations that she experienced with, you know, some people and a lot of other girls who've come forward has, has really kind of created this movement. And I think this has all been fueled by the Me Too movement as well, where it's we as producers and directors have come to recognize like how important boundaries and consent are. I've, I feel like I've always been um, respectful of that. I mean, I hope so. I've never had anybody like say anything to me or to anybody else as far as I know about that. But, um, you know, that it's just like, you know, it's important to consider how you guys feel. And yeah. it's important to recognize you as a professional, you know, actress or actor. And yes, you're having sex you know, on camera, but that doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries and that like you shouldn't be heard and that you shouldn't be able to establish those boundaries and that they shouldn't be respected. That's true. And I feel like that's something that people never really thought about that much before. Um, Directors, especially, especially when the industry was more of a male dominated industry. There's a lot more women working behind the scenes now, which I think has helped. But I think that it's really brought to light something that, that needed to come to light.
1: Exactly. That's, that's what I think too. Um, Yeah. Cause even
0: now, and, and again, like I said, I've never had a problem on set before, but even now I'm so much more conscious about, checking with girls to make sure that they're okay with the scene that we're doing and having, you know, the performers speak to each other about their boundaries.
1: That's a big thing too, is after the, this whole Jimmy lifestyles thing happened, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that a lot of companies are doing, um, the consent form, um, is that what they're called? The consent forms or the, the boundary forms. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Um, like a
0: checklist of what you're okay with and what you're not. Yeah. Okay yeah. your
1: no list. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's really good. So I feel like after that, um, a lot of companies are taking this seriously. Which yeah. Thing.
0: No, I think it was, and you know, it's always got to be some kind of like horribly upsetting um situation that is going to bring about changes yeah. like this, you know, like changes never generally happen unless there's some big blowout yeah. and there's some big, you know, social movement that involves a lot of people pointing out the fact that like this is not okay. Yeah. And we need to do something about this. Yeah. So as, Kind of shitty as your experience was, I feel like it's definitely been a building block to a better a better work environment. I
1: think so, too. Yeah, it was shitty at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm never going to get over course. this. Like, I'm never going to get hired again. It was really scary, actually. Yeah. And then I actually started to get hired more because people were like, we respect that you spoke out. And, right. you know, and, yeah, I did notice a change on set. People yeah. People were more professional. And, like, the unprofessional people are starting to get n- noticed and kicked yeah. out. Super fast. Yeah, absolutely. You
0: know? Yeah, and that's the power of social media. I mean, there's a lot of negative things about social media. Um, I think, you know, we can all think about what those are, but there are also positive things, you know, where people can come together and and, you know, really like move um move a, a situation forward and, and really try to make things better for everybody. That's true. So Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break where I am not going to go full leprechaun on <laughs> Emma. But you won't know because unless you're watching this live on my Patreon and then you will see what may happen during the break, it won't be, it, it will be nothing. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by mygirlfund.com. Sometimes it's hard to meet sexual partners in real life, and porn doesn't always offer you that erotic intimacy that you're looking for. Say hello to mygirlfund.com. Mygirlfund allows you to form virtual relationships with the women of your fantasies. Looking for that girl next door? On mygirlfund.com, you can message, share photos and videos, and cam with these women in private. These are not adult stars. They're regular women who want to dirty chat and or share nude content, but on a safe and discreet platform. My Girl Fund allows its female members to control their exposure. They connect with who they want to connect with, control how they want to interact, and decide what they charge for interaction. Everything is negotiated one-on-one, and since 2009, My Girl Fund has cultivated a community of friendly, sexy women who want to meet you. So go to mygirlfund.com to sign up and meet the girl next door. She's waiting. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support by joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash Unfiltered, Not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints for my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot Holly Randall Unfiltered. Okay, we are back. Um, I have some questions from my Patreon members. A lot of people were very excited to have that you were coming on the podcast. Um, I've had uh, a few people request you for some time now, so I'm glad we could finally make it work. So Randrew, I know I'm pronouncing it right now because I pronounced it wrong before. So Randrew, I got your name right. I like that name. Um, He wants to know, uh,
1: what led you into the business? How did you get into porn? Um... It's kind of a blur, honestly. I was mm. going through a breakup, mm-hmm. and I was watching a lot of porn. Danny Daniels porn. Mm. Uh, yeah, huge. I'm a huge fan of her. Have you ever met her? Yeah, and yeah. when I did, I fangirled, and I was like, I need to calm down.
0: But she was um, super cool about it. Wasn't very. she? Very. Was yeah, even, Danny's like, awesome. A picture together,
1: and I'm like, oh, you are so sweet. Danny's great. Um, but I was watching a lot of her porn, and I saw how much fun she was having, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, like in. No matter what, she was always smiling, and, like, you can tell she, like, really enjoys sex, and I mm-hmm. was like, I really love sex, and, like, I could never really stay with one guy, because mm-hmm. I just, I love sex, so I'd fuck yeah. everyone, yeah. and so um I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna try out porn, so I tried porn in Canada, and, like, no, it was a guy in a basement, oh, um, no,
0: it was, yeah. like, what
1: everybody thinks, like, porn is and it's oh, yeah no, no that is not porn okay like porn Ugh. is so professional in la so but yeah it was a guy in a basement so i was like i need to it go had to, to where be the-, the
0: basement too couldn't even be his living room <laughs>
1: and it was like it was really scary but i I'm, I'm alive um so i researched where is the best place to film porn in la and miami and so uh, I contacted like 10... or No, I contacted Derek Pierce mm-hmm. on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah, and he answered. And I was like, hey, how do I get into porn? So he sent me a list of agents, and I contacted all of them. And uh-huh. then I picked the one who would take me, because I'm Canadian. Like, mm, you know, without a US ID yeah. and all that shit. And um, Fox.
0: Yeah, and you've been with him ever since. Yeah, four
1: years now. Wow. Yeah, I love him, though. He's a good... He's, Chris is a good guy. I like... And it's a small agency, it so is. my name is always brought up in the first, like, three... You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're definitely one of his top girls, if not his top girl. Oh,
1: thank you. For okay, sure. You. I feel like if I switched agents, I'd kind of be like lost in the mix. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're, if you, the
0: it's really important that you like your agent and yeah. you feel like you can trust your agent because there's so many stories about people who have bad experiences yeah. with their agent. So if you like him and you're getting like a good enough amount of work that you feel you know, that you're, you're booked, then yep. I don't see why you should change.
1: Exactly. And like, we're such good friends too. You know, like, yeah. I brought him coffee this morning. He brings me coffee and like, we're just, we're good. Yeah. So I really like him. Good. Yeah. But that's how I got in the industry. Wow.
0: <laughs> so we have Danny Daniels to thank for that.
1: Thank you, Danny Daniels. Oh, and, um, the guy that I was going through a breakup with, um, he like hit me up as like, maybe like a couple months later and he's like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Like, well, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, Nope, no, Nope, no. Nope.
0: So what was your first scene in LA? Team Skeet. Okay.
1: Um, boy Girl. Do
0: you remember who the guy that you worked with was? Yeah. Who was
1: it? But I got taken advantage of. So he came like four times on set. Four. Wow. And when I'm, I was 18, so I was super naive. And I'm Wait a
0: like, minute, wait a minute. He came four times during the scene
1: yeah and you know how like okay so in a normal porn set like the yeah, guys that's, that's, only that's, supposed to come one time
0: right it, well and usually they can't come more than once because then like they you yeah. know what I mean like for them to be able to do
1: it a second time is, is difficult I was on set for like eight hours though that's why so he took like breaks and stuff you know he'd be like okay I'm just doing a break or whatever and um, he was super nice but I was just so naive that I thought like oh he just really i he likes me and like you know and then I went, <laughs> I went home to my agent because I was seeing my agents at the time yeah. and he was like four times like that's not right yeah. yeah did they
0: they didn't split it into four different scenes did they two Oh, that's a
1: little, yeah, yeah, that's a little shady. I had fun, though. It's not like I was treated badly. I just didn't know I was so naive.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So it's not a bad memory, but I definitely do not get taken advantage of now.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know a little better now. Yeah. Yeah. What has been some of your favorite scenes that you've done? Like, if somebody wasn't too familiar with your work and they were going to go, like, okay, I want to go see, like, Emma's, like, one of her greatest scenes that she's done, where would you recommend they go?
1: Oh, that is so difficult. I've done. I feel like. Oh, that's difficult because I I always have so much fun on set.
0: Yeah. What about one of the most recent ones?
1: The most recent. like, could I
0: narrow it down for you if I said like something this year?
1: Yeah, this year. Um. Uh. I can say companies. Yeah, of course. Okay. okay. Uh, Lesbian ex with Riley Steele. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, I bet you guys
0: look good together.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, we got the cover of the box because you have like a yeah. similar look. Yeah, yeah it was, totally. It was really, it was really good. Um, it was an anal scene too, so my very first girl girl anal. Mm. So it was a lot of fun. We had like a lot of chemistry, and then um, I think I worked like tw- I worked like twenty three days last month. So like I was <laughs> so it's like all of, it's blur. Kind of all of blur. Yeah. yeah, but if I think of one, I'm just gonna. Blurted it, it out, out yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so you are actually now starting to do boy-girl anal and DP, right? Yeah. So how is that going?
1: So I love it. Mm-hmm. I did anal my first week in porn because mm-hmm. being from Canada, my agent at the time was like, oh, she's probably not going to last, so let's just throw her <laughs> in. <you
0: know? laughs> like get I as, as much as we it. can get out of her. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I did it my first weekend, so it traumatized me. So I'm finally starting to do it again, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm. I love it. Anal is something, it's kind of
0: like a Jedi mind trick yeah. where you have to really be mentally in a certain place for it. Otherwise, um, it can be a terrible experience.
1: Exactly. You really have to, and especially with the person you're working with. Yes. If you don't trust them or, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, well, you're going in, like, the back door. Where, yeah. You know.
0: so who, was, who was your first uh, boy-girl anal scene with? The the good one. Mm-hmm. The more recent one.
1: Um, I mean, I've done maybe, like, 15 anal scenes since october
0: oh wow but my
1: first one back was steve holmes okay that was a good one that I, was l- good. I love him yeah he's
0: great he's yeah great. i actually shot him a couple of weeks ago with adriana check and that oh. was, <laughs> it was an insane scene wait for who for naughty america
1: oh okay okay yeah no i love adriana she's yeah awesome.
0: yeah the two and the two of them together it was actually really funny because they he walks in and this is what everybody thinks porn is like, and it's not, but he literally walked in and I had just finished my solo with her and he like starts eating her out right away. And the, like, the cameras are not rolling. Like we need to change <laughs> sets. Like she's got to go back into makeup, pick new wardrobe. Like we are not shooting. Yeah. And he starts going down on her and then she just starts blowing him. And I'm just like, um, can I, can I get her makeup please? Like, but I mean, obviously I was really happy that You know, they had that kind of chemistry. And I purposely picked him because I knew she liked him. Um, So I knew it was going to be a good scene. But it was funny because it was like one of those situations where they just like. Like right away,
1: and those are such good days too. But yes. at the same time, for a director, I bet you you're just like, "Okay, no, like, don't fuck up the makeup."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like two things. It's like one thing, like, yes, um, I'm, I'm always on a time constraint, right? Um, so I need to get things done. But also, too, I really, really enjoy my job when I see people have chemistry yeah. and they really want to have sex and they're really like looking forward to it to the point that they start early. Yeah. Like that's always a good thing. That you is know? a good thing, yeah. And that just makes me feel good about. What and I'm f- doing.
1: I feel like people think that's how porn sets always right. are. Though. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But it's... It's not. It's not always Mm-mm. that way. I mean... I've definitely done that before when I'm, like, super, like, okay, I can't hold it. Like, I'm yeah. not, we got to. But um for the most part, it's usually pretty, you know, cameras on. Okay, everyone ready? Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Cameras off and they, like, don't talk to each yeah, other. Just, <laughs> I mean, I've shot performers who don't like each other and that's just.
1: <laughs> See, I don't know about that. I usually, uh, if I don't, I don't really have bad blood. But if I don't like someone, I'm like, I'll just put them on my nose. Because I don't want to give a bad scene.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. it's It's awkward.
1: Yeah, I bet. You're yeah. like, I don't know what to do. I'll just. Yeah, Yeah, Can you guys (laughs) pretend like you like each other just for like an hour?
0: (laughs) Just for an hour. So what is it about performing that gets you off? Is it the sex? Is it the exhibitionism? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely like having sex in front of people. Even when I was married, too. Mm. I wouldn't like to fuck in our personal lives. I'd be like – because he was a male talent, too. So Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I just want to, like, request you and, like, fuck on set in front – I don't know. It was – a weird thing, but that's what gets me off. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean,
0: that means you're in the right line of
1: work. <laughs> I mean and I kinda like the the like suspension or yeah, suspe- suspense. Sus- suspense, yeah, yes. thank you. Of like holding off until the camera's rolling. Right. And then it's like boom, you know? Yeah. Um I feel like I'm such a virgin in my personal life. Like, I don't know how to have sex in my personal life.
0: If you're not like doing it for the cameras. No,
1: I'm like, do I open up this way? I'm like, oh, there's no, there's no I'm like yeah,
0: it's weird. Yeah, well, these days with, you know, like Snapchat and only fans, you could mm-hmm. just always put
1: a camera there and record it. And I, then, you know, I've what? done that. Okay. So I've been single for so long now and I'm like trying to find a guy to date. Cause I'm so lonely and I'm like, okay, I've gone on a few dates and I'm like, we'll be like, uh, we'll have sex or whatever. And I feel so weird. I'm like, this is just weird. And I'm like, can we just film it for my Snapchat? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, this feels better. I'm, <laughs> um,
0: You know, then at least you're making money that way.
1: Oh, exactly.
0: That actually leads us into another question mm-hmm. that I got from Ian Bell, who, um, says Emma's hardworking and ambitious. She aggressively markets her private Snapchat, OnlyFans and FanCentro content, which is the same thing as Snapchat. Uh, she's very active, making her presence known on social media, So what has changed in the performer's landscape that's driving this move to entrepreneurship? I absolutely applaud it if it puts more money in their pocket as opposed to that of a production house. Can a performer no longer make a living doing scripted porn scenes? Where does Pornhub fit into that landscape? Is it a good vehicle to drive traffic to their content?
1: Yeah, so content is kind of... I feel like everyone's kind of on board with content now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like doing my own content because I like being in charge of what I'm doing. So if I'm like, hey, I feel like doing a slip and slide scene with Adriana Chetchik. You know, yeah. like we'll, we'll kind of like direct our own scene. You
0: don't even need to bring
1: water. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She <laughs> fills she just, it She'll just squirt everywhere. And then you just <laughs> use that. Yeah, she's like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but uh, so I kind of like directing my own stuff. It's mm-hmm. fun. Um... But I used to be kind of against Pornhub because I just thought, oh, like, there's it's stealing content and stuff. Mm-hmm. But once I figured out how to use it and how to, because if you can't, you know, get off the tracks, just go and get on the train. Um, you, if know you can't I mean? beat him, join them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of learned how to make money off Pornhub and how to, like, run my own page. So mm-hmm. I've been focusing on that. And then um, I just became a part of, like, the Fan Centro Unicorn Squad. Mm. And it's I like it, but it's a little stressful because you have to, you know, Snapchat. You have to post every single day because it deletes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm um, sometimes I'll get off set, and I'm like I just want to go to bed. Yeah. So I'll repost something, but. um You can
0: always like record videos ahead of time too, and then save those. You know what uh, new app that I just discovered, which is like a game changer, um, is CutStory. I have that one. Oh my god! So what I do now, because I wasn't able to do this before, because you can only upload one minute clips to Snapchat, Mm -hmm. is I can take like a professionally filmed video from my website, Mm -hmm. and I can cut that into one minute clips by just running it through this app, and then I can post it on Snapchat. Because before I couldn't post like professional scenes; it had to be. And I'm not gonna fucking import that into like Premiere and like you know what I mean. And cut it
1: into yeah. It no. just takes
0: too much time.
1: I just got that app too, and it's like a light. It's a Dude, game changer. It's a game changer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've
1: been using that. Um. But no, I feel like I've I've I always take um. I shoot every day for my own content, but mm-hmm. I if I if a shoot comes up, I always take like a paid gig over. Of course. Because con- I'll just go home and shoot content after or whatever right. you know.
0: And also, too, you know, it it helps to keep your name out there and working for the big production companies, and That's you know, having the traffic and having the, you know, that that presence.
1: Plus, like, I feel like I don't get out often, so it's kind of like when I go to work, like set. I yeah. feel like this is like my time to socialize. Yeah, and like, you know, it keeps me sane. I really like it.
0: Yeah, and especially if you're working, you know, for a set where there's a bunch of cool people, because the difference yeah. between. Uh, a lot of porn sets and mainstream sets is that porn sets is almost always the same crew. It's almost always the same people because we work so much and we work constantly and we do we kind of do the same thing you know over and over again and like the director is the producer um, is the line producer like we do everything whereas opposed to mainstream you usually have like a line producer and then you have Um, like various producers, like a story producer, and then you have a director, and they're all different people. And so... Every time it'll be a different crew and it'll be different people. That's so it's true. never the same. Whereas with porn, it's always the same people. Also, there's a limited amount of people that are willing to work in porn, yeah. like as crew. So, um, so we all become like a family.
1: It's true. You, you get know? to know each other. Yeah. It's, it's actually a lot of, cause you're excited. You're like, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, on their set and yeah. have fun. And yeah. yeah.
0: And as for me, I mean, I obviously, you know, try to hire people you know, the people who work for me are really talented, but I also want people with good vibes
1: on set. Well, you don't want a grumpy person. On no, set. I mean, no. people all have, have their bad days, yes. but
0: so, so generally I want people, you know, with good attitudes and then we get to know each other because we spend really <laughs> long days and long periods of time together. And then it becomes like this little family. So exactly. it can definitely be a lot of fun. Yeah. And sometimes I try to remind myself when I don't feel like going to work and I don't feel like getting up and like, you know, going to set and going through that whole thing. I'm like, I actually, and I, for some reason, I'll have these weird little moments where I'll think about how much I laugh on set, Yeah, you know, and and think about those moments and think about how a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people go and they work in, in this office, at this job that they hate, and they work in a cubicle, and they work with people they don't like, and they have a horrible boss who's always asking them for the TPS reports, well, you know what I mean?
1: We're actually pretty fortunate because, yeah. like, we, I can request who I want to work with, mm-hmm. and, like, sometimes that doesn't always happen, but... Right. I get a choice of who I work with because it's my body, my choice, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're actually pretty fortunate to go to work and like work with who we want to work with. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we don't get that choice. But um. yeah, I'd rather be working and people look down on it, but I'd rather be looking or working in porn than a nine to five job that I hate.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel that most people in the industry are are really cool. Like there's obviously, there's a few porn performers that I don't like. I have a couple people on my no list, but it's very, very rare. But for the most part, I really like everybody, yeah. you know? I really like all the people that I that I work with, and generally they're really cool. And when you get, like, good people on set, it doesn't feel like work.
1: Exactly. Well, it's such a small industry, too. Yes. You know what I mean? We go, yeah. Yeah, we get along. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you going to AVN? I am. Are you signing at all?
1: Yes. Uh, 22nd and 23rd for adult time, and then I think on the 12th. Tw- 24th. That's a Friday, right? I think so. Uh, Evil Angel. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: I'm going to be doing this podcast from the Adult Time booth. <gasps> so I will see you there.
1: Yay!
0: Yeah, that's going to be What fine. day? Do you know? Uh, yes, the 23rd and the 24th.
1: Okay, cool. cool. Thursday and the Friday. Yeah, I wasn't going to go because I heard like a lot of people aren't going this year. No. But then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm someone who doesn't really... Well, I like people, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I like when it's quieter, so I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean... There's going to be less booths, but I don't feel like there's going to be less attendees. Yeah, but
1: then where is everyone going to go, though? Well, the adult time booth? Oh, uh, that's true. That's true,
0: yeah. Yeah, because Mind Geek doesn't have a booth this year. And, and Lansky? And I don't think he does either. Which is weird, because those are the two biggest booths normally. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Even the models, too, hey?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think some of them are going, but they're not going to be, like, signing at a particular place.
1: Yeah. It's kind of fun to get away, though. Yeah. like...
0: It's cool to go and see everybody in one place. It's true. yeah. It's kind of like
1: a reunion. It is. is.
0: It's like some weird kind of fucked up high school reunion. Exactly.
1: But every year, every year I always get so sick. Yes. So sick. I know. I know. I think a
0: lot of it has to do with the fact that you are touching so many strangers because everybody wants a picture with you and they put their arm around you and all that kind of stuff. It's true. Do you find that you have issues with people like groping you in a way that you're not cool with?
1: never really no and I actually made a joke on uh, my Instagram and I said uh who if you bring me Oreos I'll let you touch my butt and that's like uh for like if you come to avian to meet me and yeah. like they'll like people have brought me Oreos and they're like can I touch your butt and they always ask and I'm like it's so nice that's so nice but I've never had a problem with someone just like coming up to me and like you know groping mm-hmm. me or anything
0: that's good yeah. that's good I mean I know that that has definitely happened to some girls but I feel like for the most part Part, the fans are really respectful
1: well didn't like elsa jean someone like spat on her last year or something i think so like there's some yeah how could you
0: spit on elsa jean
1: like how though she's the <laughs> nicest
0: girl she's so cute
1: so oh she's one of my favorites i love her yeah it's like who spits on elsa jean so there are some weird people but yes for the most part it's a lot of it's a lot of good people yeah you know yeah it's just like anything you always get that weird person exactly yeah
0: yeah there's it's not not everyone's gonna be you know amazing it's just (laughs) it is what it is okay so i have one last question for you from ian bell again um what are your words of wisdom on tattooing and other body art um i know that you have regretted some of your tattoos and you've had them removed
1: I want to say the most cliche thing. Okay. Think before you ink. <laughs> <laughs> because seriously, I was like 16 when I got my tattoos. Mm. And I remember being in high school and being like, I want to be so... My tattoo artist, okay, so he did the one on my side. And he is a ta- good tattoo artist. But like this one, like, I just was like, do whatever you want. And, you know.
0: Did you... I have a question. In Canada... Are you not, are you supposed to not, um, tattoo somebody if they're under the age of 18?
1: No, uh, 16, um, okay. is legal age without guardian. Okay. Cause here,
0: it's here it's 18. Not that that stops people from getting tattooed before they're 18, but That's I'm just, just wondering.
1: No, in Canada it's 16. Um, but yeah, I definitely was like, I just want to be cool. And like when I got the ones on the back of my legs, the bows, mm-hmm. I just felt like, cause I was very slutty in high school, but it made <laughs> me extra slutty. like, I would wear like short skirts. So like everyone could see these little bows. <laughs> and I like I look back and I'm like oh my god yeah like everyone's probably just like oh yeah she's in porn now but I mean I love my job yeah yeah, so who cares jokes on them (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah think before you ink and um like the last one I got was on this one Mm -hmm. and that one's for August yeah so um that one definitely was a no brainer Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: do you think you're gonna get any more Mm
1: Hmm. Not really. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to, I'm going to think about it first. Yeah. Like, the yeah. So I'm getting, I've had eight sessions on my arm that have, it's almost gone actually. Mm-hmm. And then the ones on the back of my leg, I think seven sessions. Mm-hmm.
0: Those and, are the bows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing what they can do with tattoos. Like, I remember Brett Rossi had one on her stomach. Yeah. And I remember when she was starting to get it removed because it had like green in it, which mm. I think is like the hardest thing to take out of mm-hmm. color to take out for some color. reason. And I remember when she was getting it removed, I was just like, they're never going to get rid of that. Like, you're going to have a, it's going to look terrible. Yeah. And she, it totally—you would never know it was there. Really? Yeah, it came out perfectly. Wow. Yeah, it looks great. Like you—you you would never know.
1: Mine just look like. Do you see it? It's, it looks like veins, sort of. But I, I mean, do. I'm, I'm white as a ghost because I was just in Canada. But like when I tan, it it covers pretty well. But
0: it's, honestly, yeah, that's very. And you have more sessions on that, right?
1: I have one more. Yeah. Okay. So. It's just a waiting game, though. You have to wait. Like. Twelve weeks in between—that's yeah. three months. That's a long time. That is a
0: long time, and also too, when you're shooting, it's got to be kind of tricky. Oh yeah, and it
1: looks so. It looks like it looks like scabies. Like it looks like really <laughs> gross, and no one wants to see that in porn. So I have to like be like, "Hey, makeup artist, can you like really cover this?" <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember we were doing that for your treat of the month.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were trying to cover them. I was like, "Please cover this up."
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. it can be tricky though too because. Body makeup is the hardest thing. It's so much harder than face makeup.
1: Well, you sweat. Yeah. And also
0: matching the color. And it's not like, the thing is with the face is that you cover the whole face with foundation. With your leg, generally, like say you just want to get that spot. There's no way to like perfectly match that spot to the rest of your skin unless you do their whole leg. Itch. And then their whole leg is gonna look different than their waist. Just and do then the whole fucking body. That's what I'm saying. Like it gets to the point where like you just need to do the whole body and then like rubs off on everything. It's just like a nightmare.
1: Yeah. It's a nightmare. But we managed. We yeah. we managed we to did. do it for our shoot. We we covered it.
0: Yeah. Rosalind is good.
1: Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. And
0: she always has like derma blend, which is the like skin cover and makeup that you want to have.
1: But I feel like if you're going to watch porn and you see like a little discoloration on my ankle like and you're complaining about that than like seeing the sex happening. Yeah. But we all know that people are always going to find something to complain <laughs> about. True. There's always yeah. going to be something. Always.
0: Do we have our headphones on the right way?
1: Yeah. Do, do Are they on? <laughs> <laughs> I had one
0: person complain on my YouTube channel that like we had our headphones on the wrong ears and I was like, wow, you really, were looking for something. Yeah, something. something. Yeah. So before we want to wrap, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about porn?
1: I think I already mentioned it, but uh, people think it's very, it's unprofessional. It's Mm -hmm. not a legit job. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just as professional as a mainstream, as like movies you'd see in theaters, you Mm -hmm. know? So that definitely.
0: We may not have the same catering budget or the same crew size, but we try to, you know.
1: But it's not like it's a a 20, it's overall a 20 minute movie, you know? It's not like it's an hour and 50 or whatever. That's
0: true. And they also, you know get like a full day or two days to shoot like you know 30 fucking seconds exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I mean,
1: maybe porn will get there you know <sighs> but definitely yeah but people need to start looking at porn mm-hmm. like it's legit because it is yeah and that people were normal yeah i mean i don't think we're
0: no i think we're normal i think we're pretty normal yeah. i mean as normal as anybody else yeah I think that people will. I also too think that people will start paying for porn more once they start to realize that it's not this kind of place where, you know, the young and the vulnerable go to die. You know what I mean? Like when they start to feel that maybe this is an industry they could support because it's not a victim, a victimizing, you know, industry. And look, like, obviously there's always stories about girls who have bad experiences. Um, You know, there's always going to be people who are going to come out of the porn industry and say, like, that was the wrong decision for me. Um, Everybody has their own experience and everybody's experience is valid. Mm -hmm. But I think that people are more likely to listen to the people who have the stories about what plays into the general public's already biased idea of what porn is rather than people like you who actually say, like, this is a great job and I really like my job. Yeah. Like that's harder for people to listen to than, you know, Mia Khalifa who's like porn ruined my R- life. Exactly,
1: exactly. You know, yeah. cause that
0: plays into like the idea that everybody has about porn. Like, Oh, she's now justifying what bias I've always had against porn.
1: well, yeah. Like people, an insult, like people from my hometown, they'll be like, yeah. Oh, well you're just a porn star. I'm like, yeah. And like, <laughs> what what's the insult there? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's definitely, yeah.
0: I think it's changing, um, but, you know, like anything, it's always slow. Yeah. So. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Emma, you and me, we'll get there.
1: <laughs> just together. Together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you and me, together. Just just together. <laughs> all right. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media?
1: Yeah. My social media is at Emma Hicks official. Um, that's for Twitter and Instagram. And um, in my bio, you'll find all my links to like my merch and um, my Snapchat and everything.
0: Fantastic. And then I think this comes out. Like, after two weeks? Does it come out after AVN? Or does it come out right before AVN? Or does it come out during AVN? Ooh. I think this might come out during AVN. When's AVN? AVN's like the 23rd, 24th, 25th? Yeah, it's-
1: it's coming at the 22nd. Okay, right, so, right before, yeah, so right
0: before. So if you are going to Vegas, um, you still have time to go see Emma at the Adult Time booth and also the Evil Angel booth. And I will be doing this podcast live from the Adult Time booth as well on the Thursday and the Friday. So come by and say hello. And thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews, so make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of this show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month and watch the interviews stream live, which by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus I offer tons of bonus content. Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms, and of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life, that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine, because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes, well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind-the-scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious, and she holds nothing back. So, go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered and join the community. Your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry, and hopefully the lives of the people in it.